Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey guys, welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Thanks so much for continuing to come back. I hope you guys are having a great day today. We're going to be talking about spiritual fatherhood, pastoral ministry in the context of being a spiritual father. Paul introduces us to this concept when he talks about being a spiritual father to Paul and Titus, or excuse me, Timothy and Titus. And he also introduces this in 1 Corinthians when he talks about the difference between being a guide and a father. So we're going to explore that a little bit. And to do that, we just go we just go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer and trust that our Heavenly Father hears us and He hears and answers prayer. So let's go to Him. Father, we just thank you for this time. We want to learn fatherhood as we father our own children. We want to learn fatherhood from you, but we also want to learn spiritual fatherhood in pastoral ministry, in the context of pastoral ministry. We don't want to just be a guide. We certainly want to be able to guide people. We want to be able to give a roadmap or some sort of map for people that helps them take the next step and whatever it may be in life. But God, help us to be a father to people. Help us to love people within the church. And God, I trust that you're going to help us to do that. For the younger guys, this might be a little bit le- a little bit weird or different, but there is at least a biblical precedent here. There's something here, and we want to explore that. And uh, for the older guys listening in who've kind of got this piece of pastoral ministry and, and fathering and have been walking this road, God, help us to learn from pastors like that and to step into that as we get older. As I'm getting a little bit older, God, help me to be, I just don't want to be a guide. I do want to be a, some sort of spiritual father. And so help me to step up into that, not in a weird way, not in kind of a self-aggrandizing way, but help me to do this in a humble way. And I trust you're going to help. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, before that, I want to remind you of the subscription starting in July for $5 a month. You can get access to a once a month subscription uh, newsletter that's going to actually be a physical copy newsletter that comes right to your mailbox. And then the other big thing that you're going to get is access to previous online content that's unpublished. It's behind this $5 a month paywall. The previous content uh, was a cohort with Michael Foster, Eric Kahn, Brian Sauvet, and Tom Askell. I'll be able to I'll give that to you. It'll go right to your mailbox where you'll get inbox or you'll excuse me get access to that. And then also at the end of the year, you'll get a thumb drive of all the year content, video and audio. And so if you want that or interested in that, please sign up. And also the people that are in that subscription, you'll be able to get access to the Rites of Passage series when that gets released in its totality. So the first two are up for free, and then all the rest are going to be behind this paywall, and then they're going to be accessed by purchase. You can purchase the course, uh, access to the course, and then uh, also ownership to the course where you'll get that also where that file will go to your own inbox. Uh, but if you do that $5 a month thing, you'll get access to that as well. Uh, if you guys want a Shepherd's Crook hat or a mug or a bucket hat, reach out to me. I've also got those and would love to get you uh, one of those as well. And I can let you know, uh, know how much that is. Um, I forget what the price is that I put on there. I think it's like 15 or 20 bucks for a hat and uh, a mug for 12 or something. So just reach out to me and I can get you that kind of swag. Okay, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. I really appreciate you guys. Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, spiritual fatherhood. It can get weird. We don't want to do the, the Catholic error where we're expecting everybody to call us father or something like that or pray to us or come to us as some sort of intermedi- intermediary but between God and man because that's Jesus and Jesus alone. But in these passages that we're going to look at, there is this category and I think it's wise for us to look at this and then try to emulate this. Paul says that uh, those in Corinth should imitate him in his spiritual fatherhood, that there should be some sort of passing along from one generation to the next, this uh, generational fatherhood or spiritual fatherhood from uh, from the, uh, the context of the local church. So let's go ahead and look at that. And then I'm going to look at what Paul says to Titus and Timothy. And we're going to contrast this with the, the idea of being a guide or being some sort of spiritual guru. So here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 
I do not write these things to you to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. So here we go. Even if this is the only verse, you have some sort of category then of being a beloved child, spiritual child. Paul was not married, didn't have children, and certainly these in Corinth weren't his children biologically, but they were his children spiritually. He goes on, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ through the gospel. I urge you, be imitators of me. That's why I sent you Timothy, my beloved child and faithful child, beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere and in every church. So Paul's expectation is that they're going to be imitators of him in the spiritual fatherhood that he has displayed from him to Timothy, his beloved child. And he's also... In contrast to these guides, being he's in this fatherly role, even as an apostle. He has some sort of fatherly care, some sort of tenderness that he has towards the church in Corinth and these other churches as well, that's different than just telling people how to live in Christ. He didn't say that guides are necessarily wrong. It's not necessarily wrong to be a guide in Christ, but... He's talking about something uniquely different than being a guide. When you think about guide, think about all the the, the, the spiritual gurus or all these uh, health gurus or whoever it may be that are out there that are offering and selling some something that is, can be really tremendously helpful and that can be an encouragement to you. But there, there's also incentive to them to be this guide. Some of these guides make a lot of money selling their product or their brand or whatever it may be. And there's, there's just a lot in them in this thing. And it, it's almost like it's a, a marketing scheme. And when it comes to being a guide in Christ, it's easy to fall into this business mentality. And you know, since we don't necessarily have a definition in the scriptures for what this guide is, I think it would fall in line with this whole leadership industry that's been built over the last 15, 20, 30 years, where there's a huge machine that is approaching ministry like a business, very much like a business, and approaching pastoral ministry very much like a CEO. And so it could be, and I think this is a good transfer here, where Paul is differentiating then those that are leading in such a way that is is this kind of self-aggrandizing idea, where I, I'm promoting myself as a guide, and I can be a real help to you. And it's not necessarily that I'm doing something wrong, but it is something different than this fatherly pastoral ministry that Paul is talking about. There's some sort of tenderness. There's some sort of care. And as the you know, as you get older, pastors, you, you got to get this. And it, especially when you have children, you recognize that there are some things that transfer from the way you're fathering fathering your children to the way you're father fathering or discipling the guys in your church. One of the things that is odd is that I, I've kind of woken up to the, the reality that some of these guys that I'm mentoring and discipling, I'm old enough to be their father. And in the way then I want to care for them spiritually, I don't just want to be this one-size-fits-all guy where I'm a guide in Christ and here's my counsel to everybody and this is therefore my counsel to you. I want to have some sort of tenderness and some sort of love that I have for my children. And it, obviously it's going to be in a different way, but I do want to be fatherly. I want to have spiritual sons. And my wife is going to have spiritual daughters. And there's a sense in which, as we have couples within our church, that I'm a spiritual, I do want to be a spiritual father. That's just, it's just, it's something about growing older where you realize I want to be fatherly with people. This is a, a deep hunger that people have. I don't want to do that in such a way where they're like attached to me in some sort of weird way. But I do, at least from my mind and heart to them, I want to love people well. And I think every pastor wants to do this. If you're in pastoral ministry in some way or another, unless it's to build your agenda and plan and vision and get people to get on board with your maniacal scheme to take over the world, uh, you you are doing this because you really do care. You care about people. You want to see people do well. 
and you want to see people succeed in life, and, and that success is defined biblically, meaning you want them to honor the Lord in all their life and everything they're doing. You want them to be on mission, and you want them to be patient in Christ. You want them to have the peace of God. You want them to have courage. You don't want them to be ashamed of God's word. And so as you're thinking through this stuff, you're thinking in a fatherly sort of way. So if we could say the difference between a guide and a father would, I think, possibly be this, this piece of love, where you really love people. Where the guide is more giving a one-size-fit-all leadership principles and practices. Sign up for my course, and you can be like me. You can be an, if you just imitate me, and everybody will come and imitate me. Then you will get the results that I've gotten. Where the father comes along in love, and he's saying, "Hey, listen, I can't guarantee you any results here, but I will walk with you. I will encourage you. I will meet with you once a week, or I will meet with you every other week, and we can talk about life. We can." certainly go through some material. We can go through a discipleship course. We can do that. But we can also just talk about life. We can do projects together. You can come alongside of somebody. And it's not a one-size-fits-all program where if you'll just do this, you'll end up with these results. A father, a spiritual father, is has beloved children. Right? He really loves them. This is the piece, I think, is the difference between the guide and the spiritual father. Paul says, my beloved, he loves Timothy, my beloved and faithful child. He also says something similar in 1 Timothy about this, and he says this also in Titus. So let's just look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. To Timothy, my true child in the faith. He's already called him his beloved. Now he calls him his true child. Again, if these were the only verses here, and there's, there's not many of them, but just because there's not many of them, it doesn't mean that we're, we can't get pastoral insight into this. Paul tells them in Corinth to imitate him. So this is, again, a transferable thing here, the spiritual fatherhood. Now, in Titus, we get this. Titus chapter 1, verse 4. To Titus, my true child in the common faith. In a common faith. He also sees in Titus something about a child here, a spiritual child here. Now, in charismatic circles, it's big on having spiritual sons and daughters and this sort of thing. And I want to lean into that a little bit. Not that, Again, it doesn't need to be weird because this father, spiritual son, kind of relationship doesn't need to be an authoritarian one. So the father doesn't have the same kind of rule over the life of congregants or the life of the men that he's discipling in the same way that he does in the context of his home. So there's a rule that I have in my home, an authority that I have in my home that I do not have with the men that I'm discipling. Okay, They, they certainly are called to be obedient to an extent to certain categories. Uh, this is what uh, Hebrews chapter 13 says, is obey your leaders and submit to them, but obey them in their soul care. They're watching your soul. They don't have to obey me in the same way that my children obey me and are required to obey me in the Lord. But there is, again, this, this connection here where, where we don't have want to have this kind of weird thing where they recognize that whatever I say goes kind of thing. But we do want to be somewhat of a spiritual father. In Philippians chapter 2, we get the last verse that we're going to look at here. And let me just flip there real quick. And we're going to be in verse 19 to 22. And here's what he says. Um, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be, cheer, uh, may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ's. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served me with the gospel and in the gospel. As a son with a father. Not only did Paul have this fatherly love for Timothy, but Timothy had this son love for Paul as a spiritual father. Isn't this a great thing? 
again, it can get weird, but don't let it get weird. <laughs> Instead of saying, well, it can get weird, so we're not going to lean into this and, and pursue this. Men, pastors, pursue this. Fatherly love to those in your congregation. We love our people. We should love our people. Let's just think about a father. What, is, what does a father do in the context of the home? Now, we learn fatherhood from God. We don't learn about God from human fatherhood. We've talked a little bit about that, and I've talked with our church about that as well. We don't want to invert this to where we start thinking that God is like our father, and you've heard all this you know, psychological stuff uh, where if you had a bad father, then you're going to look at God as father and think, uh, well, can I trust you kind of thing. No, 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 no. That's not how it goes. We judge our earthly fathers through the context of our heavenly father, and we also learn fatherhood from him. But also, when it comes to this pastoral ministry or, or, or a spiritual fatherhood, we're going to learn this from how God fathers us. This direct relationship here of how he fathers us. Well, okay, what, what does our father do? Okay, well, he, good fathers lead. Our heavenly father has authority. And that authority he uses in an appropriate way. We look at the father-son relationship with Jesus. This is going to include things like challenge. It's going to be required obedience. Now, this is going to be, again, a little bit different in the context of a local church. But we do need to have the understanding that we do have spiritual authority. We need to step up into that in a fatherly manner into a local church and not be scared of the authority that God has given us. We do have the responsibility to rule well. Let the elders who rule well among you be worthy of double honor. That's First Timothy chapter 5. The, the word rule is there. It's a real authority. And so the father over the son has uh, authority and uh, gives direction. And within the context of the Trinity, this is a very difficult thing to sparse and 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 and. and a lot of people have gotten to a lot of, if you've not been aware of the Trinity debate over the last 15 years or 10 years, then there's a whole debate about how the, the just the whole economy of the Trinity uh, works. But when you think about the fatherhood of God, the father leads, he has authority. He challenges his son so that he, he doesn't withhold difficulty from the son, but appoints difficulty for the son to walk through for the good of others. A good father and a good pastor, therefore, when you're discipling young men, you're going to recognize that there's going to be some things that are unavoidable for them. And you want to give them wisdom and you want to counsel them and you want to help them and you want to father them and love them. But you also want to recognize that a part of their spiritual development requires spiritual challenges and it requires physical challenges. So you want to challenge them, the guys that you're discipling, the people within your church. You want them to be challenged. You don't want to, um, you don't want to sow soften their life and soften the life of the people of your church to where they just expect everything is going to come easy. To where they just pray about something and God just answers and everything's easy and it's all smooth sailing. You want to prepare them and you want to challenge them. You want to um, be uh, an instructor. Fathers instruct. Therefore, a spiritual father is going to instruct spiritual sons. The men you're discipling, teach them, train them, raise them up. If they don't know how to do something, Ask them, or if they don't have that, uh, if they don't know that they can ask, then tell them, hey, you can ask me about life and I'll do what I can to teach you about whatever it may be, even if it's not something about ministry or, or discipleship or, or not apparently something about discipleship. It could be, how do we drive the tractor? And we're going to go out and I'm going to teach you how to drive the tractor. Or how do I drive a zero turn? I'm about to buy a house and I don't know how to mow and I'm going to have to get a zero turn mower. Okay, well, here's how you do that. And then, Grace, be gracious. Our Heavenly Father is gracious. A spiritual father is going to be gracious. I, I don't have all this worked out, but I know that there is something there for us. And as we get older, and I know a lot of my listeners are kind of my age or around my age, and I certainly have some younger and, and some older, but in pastoral ministry, lean into this. 
lean into this. As you're fathering your family, as you're fathering your children, learn how to father the men that you're discipling. And then as a church, just even if you don't announce this, it's not that you have to announce like, okay, now I'm a spiritual father for you guys. But just recognize as you look out and as you're preaching to your people, ask the Lord to help you. God, help me to love them as a father loves children. I want them to be beloved to me. And I want to love them more. God, thank you for the privilege of this. And if you're not in one place for a very long time, if you're a pastor that's jumped from church to church to church, let me just admonish you and encourage you. Stop doing that and be in one place and love those people as a father. Get some beloved children. Guys, I hope this has been an encouragement. Please uh, continue to come back and share this. If you don't know, if you're an audio listener, I post all these videos on Gab TV on my Gab TV channel. Would love for you to jump over there and subscribe in the link tree on my Instagram. You can find that and go there and subscribe and watch all of these. I want to thank you and uh, just continue keep on coming back. I-, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You guys certainly are an encouragement to me. And please, if you want to subscribe, reach out to me. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.